think you've heard it all? You haven't. Peace Love Podcast brings you more OMG, wait, what moments? My life has been so dramatic and traumatic. I take a humorous look at it, and each week we will discuss with fun and laughter, full-out mental health. I go there. I talk about being flawed and fabulous. So guys, let's get fabulous. Well, of course I have to bring Carrie Bradshaw into my podcast. So welcome to episode 22. I couldn't help but wonder, has my entire personality been one big trauma response? I think it has. I... With what I have gone through, um, my reactions are level nine for a level two situation, or basically that's how it used to be. So with this very morbid world we're living in, I mean, major morbidity, um, I hope... I hope everybody's just finding that one little thing, just one thing that brings you joy. And I've said this since I started my little mental health journey with the world, the world, the few that follow me. But I've said from the very beginning to just find one thing, whether you like painting rocks, whether you like smashing grapes, whether you like um, dancing to Lizzo, doing TikToks, um, knitting, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And if, you know, there's so much, God, it just bothers me, the shame and stigma that people are so afraid to talk about mental health. It's like, guys, what the heck? You know, if you have diabetes, you go to the doctor. If you have a broken bone, you go to the doctor. If you have heart medication, you go to the doctor. Our brain is no different. Our brain is no friggin' different. And people who have had trauma, part of their brain kind of forms differently. So the way your everyone's brain is different, but the way people on trauma, like me, who has had a lifetime, like I said on my last episode, I didn't even know you can have infant trauma. Um, wow, legit, since the day I was friggin' born. Oh my goodness, but the whole world for generations and generations and generations, nobody ever wants to say, Um, There's something wrong with them because it's always been just represented as over-the-top mental institutions, which I got to tell you, a few days sedated does not sound bad sometimes, but they don't talk about the everyday people. You know, we go back, like my grandmother, her mother, and their mother, it it had to have gone on because genetically, I mean, my apple tree and the genetics that were in ours are just, oh my God, filled with... Every disorder that I know now exists, but um, I had to heal myself or my children would have gone rock bottom like I have. So it is so important for us as parents, us as people, for our children, instilling them immediately. And this is something that I hope to preach and if I could ever figure out a way to make it mandatory that mental health is taught Basically, from the minute children can learn, when I say mental health, learning to love themselves, looking in the mirror, giving themselves affirmations, I am beautiful, you know, it's okay that you're sad, I am powerful, you know, just little things as little girls um, and little boys, you know, it's okay if boys cry. Like I saw a little boy fall down the other day on his bike and the dad's like, don't cry. And I want to say, well, of course he's going to cry. The kid just fell. So we're human, you know, 
I, um, I didn't find out I had anything wrong with me, ADHD, OCD, clinical depression, suicidal ideation, every disorder known to man, except the eating disorder I've had my whole life and went to treatment for when I was 22, but I did it more to get away from my life and I was not ready and I still have an eating disorder. I still do not eat properly. But um, the people that have felt, um, that have lived with trauma and whatever is traumatic, like there's no, like PTSD is not just for vet veterans and there should have been and there should be so much more treatment for them. But people, we all experience whatever, whatever's trauma to you, it's traumatic, whatever you experienced. And sometimes we don't realize there are certain things in our subconscious back mind that we do um, because of these emotions and triggers. And my family used to hate that word. They were like, shut up with the fucking triggers. And, but you know what? It's a part of who I am. It's a part of life. We all have it. Nobody is perfect. You cannot be happy all the time. You're not a robot. We can't go beep, 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 boop. That's not life. If you don't make mistakes, how are you going to grow? Doing them over and over is a decision and a choice. But, you know, and also remember guys, who you were and who we are now and who we're becoming are three different people. So I, you know, somebody asked me, how can you like open up about your book? And I was like, well, I mean, about your life. And I'm like, well, sharing my story helps me heal and know that other people know they're not alone. And two, who I was at 28 is certainly who I am not at 52. And, you know, we all have different emotions. Like I just, gosh, my emotions are just whoosh all over the place. Well, they were. I know how to mean, how to manage them is the word I'm looking for. You know, sometimes we're happy, we're sad, we're disgusted, we get angry, we have fear, and sometimes we get surprised. I do not like surprises. I have grown up where the police have banged on the door when I was 16, um, when I was 19, and I was getting physically abused with the person I was living with and banging down the door. So anytime I hear bangs, like it gives me just like this really weird, really weird feeling. If you can hear anything, those are my notes. Um, I these Because it goes so deep with the way I feel and the way I act that people would look at me like chill. It was just, you know, I was just banging on the door. I didn't know where you were. But on the inside, my heart is racing. I'm getting sweaty. And I didn't know why I always acted like this. I used to just think, oh, I am, you know, just nuts, crazy, lazy, and stupid. I was told that, yes, by the people who were supposed to trust me and take care of me like family. Um, mother, father, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, cousin, none of them. All they did was shame me. And you know why? Because I, I'm alive. My existence bothers them. I didn't ask to be born. I didn't ask to be on my own at 17. Believe me, I didn't ask for any of this. But one would think that one decent human being in a family would be there for me, and they weren't. So sometimes if you take your family for granted, if they're toxic, stay away. But um, sometimes just having that roof over your head with a mother and a father or a caregiver or, or a partner, whoever it may be, you're so blessed because Sunday nights used to depress me because it just represented, I know now there's no normal, but typical behavior and, um, you know, family Sunday nights. And there were times where I was like, 
excuse me, hi, can I live with you? I didn't know where I would be, and it was just, uh, it was very, very horrifying. So when I was talking about, um, like, surprise and all that, I get, like, my jaw would drop. I would get jumpy, jumpy and sweaty. And I remember my husband's like, what's wrong? Like, chill. And then as I learned more about triggers and what it meant, then I was like, okay, why am I getting, you know, um, jumpy and tense? Okay, what's going on here? I'm feeling um, scared. I Why am I scared? That's a fear. I'm fearful of, you know, that what's going to happen with the banging noise. Or sometimes um, my anger. Oh, gosh, my anger. Vicious, vicious, vicious. I'm listening. Now, I would never destroy another human being the way Amber heard. I'm only saying her because she was diagnosed with borderline personality, which is from PTSD and um, for me, my childhood PTSD. Uh, but I would never set out to intentionally hurt another human being. I destroyed, um, I was so angry within that I took it out on my family and the things I did, but I would never publicly humiliate anybody. So when, um, when I was angry, let's say, um, I felt, um, I don't know that my family was saying something about, oh no, no, no. Okay. My daughter, when she was in high school, when she was a senior and I found out, you know, why didn't she, um, get a certain grade on a test or why wasn't she, I was comparing her to another girl. Why aren't you taking this many classes? And then I was triggered back to my childhood and I was afraid, this is again subconsciously, that my daughter would not succeed. And all of that anger, again, a level two situation did not deserve a level nine or level 10 or over the chart. But the vicious, inhumane texts I would send her, calling her worthless, telling her she had to stop, she had to block me at one point and then I would wake up from the vicious, inhumane personality I had and like, what did I just do? Oh my God, my baby girl. So I lost my mind. I legit lost my mind. Um, you know, sadness. We all experience sadness and it's, you know, there's typical reactions to things, you know, a, a loss, a loss of a loved one, a loss of a job, you know, a move. You know, there are multiple reasons for us to feel um, sad. You know, sometimes when I feel guilty that I didn't take care of my mental health and what it's caused my children, I feel empty inside. I, I curl up. I don't get out of bed. I used to not get out of bed for days, for months, and my heart just sank. And, and it was the, the parallels and the commonalities I felt with Naomi Judd was... Wow, because when she talked about it being immobilizing, she would be on stage with her glitter and being Naomi, and then you come home and she couldn't leave her house. I get that. That was me. I am not a, um, a superstar, but in my, my world, you know, when I'm peopling or talking or at a party or whatever it may be, I've soaked up enough um, human interaction that... I come back and I just take it to a different level. And there was no awareness, five, six. And I don't think ever anybody, I guess that's why today I'm trying to end the stigma and, and talk about it and make mental health as normal as our, you know, as the weather. You know, I I talk about it so effortlessly that um, it, it, there's, there's, 
I don't know what the shame is. Like, if somebody could tell me why you're embarrassed to say you're sweating more than normal before a certain event, or you can't sleep, or you're eating more, eating less, or you don't know what it is, and that's a very good thing. You've never felt this way before. Or if you're pretty much on key, I would still say take care of yourself and look in ways to constantly just love yourself. And it's, I believe... Had I loved myself, I would never have done a lot of the things needing outside validation, depending on my husband for everything. He had to be best friend, husband, father, mother. I mean, I gave him every bank teller, doot, doot, doot. Like, I'm always, he was like always asking him for money. Never, you know, I stayed home and I was a stay-at-home mom, which was my job. But part of my self-harm, it, I, you know, people don't just cut. That's not self-harm. My self-harm could be the way I eat. My self-harm was the impulsive spending that I did. Um, I have learned now to take 24 hours and pause before I want to buy stuff because I just, it had to be done now, now, now. It's either black or white thinking. So I always lived thinking I was crazy, lazy, or stupid. And then 47 years old, I found out I had ADHD, OCD, and the other symptoms I told you. And then I was put on medication for it it was life-changing, life-changing. I was, at first I was ashamed. Um, I was ashamed. I said, look, I know I have ADHD, but I'm not depressed. I'm not taking an antidepressant. And I was very argumentative. I did not take accountability and I did not have any awareness at all to the emotional struggles I had and how I took, you know, happiness and sadness and anger and disgust and surprise and fear to completely different levels because things triggered me, whether I felt excluded. If there was a party in my neighborhood and I wasn't invited, now, loving myself, why is that invitation crucial to my happiness? It's not. And most people look at me like with a deadpan face because they can't answer it. Um, My happiness should not be contingent if I was at somebody's happy hour or not. I try to tell people also, I know I'm all over the place. I told you last week about my new ADHD medicine, but I don't know if it's actually working because I think I'm still all over the place. Um, But the black or white thinking that I did, the level two symptoms to level nine, level 10 reactions, the looks I would give were the looks because I had so much pain within me. I mean, traumatic deep, lifelong, insufferable, unimaginable pain. I was told growing up, you have to be thin, you have to be pretty, and you can't talk. So um, I held everything in, and the, the venom look in my eyes alone, it's so scary. If I felt judged, the sensitivity level was on another chart, and I would get angry. Tay, you could come in. It's okay. My daughter, that I was just... Taylor's here. Um, She doesn't have her microphone, so she's not going to talk yet. But I was just telling them, Tay, how the inhumane, vicious text I used to write you and how you had to block me. It was just insane. I know. And so if I did not heal myself, I don't know if my kids would even stand a chance. So as older, elder people in charge and caregivers, We have to heal ourselves and, you know, healing, you know, talking about self-care and doing a self-care act, like getting a manicure for a guy, working out, taking that extra time also means boundaries and going and feeling your emotions and not um, 
taking everything to such a different extreme. I live in the moment because I have to. If I worry, I have been thrown around and knocked down so many times and have landed better and bounced back on my feet better than I could have. Why wouldn't I trust the way the universe goes? If I'm supposed to do something and it doesn't work out, was it meant to be? And I just keep going. And living in the moment, you know, somebody said to me, well, I have to go to work. I can't live in the moment. I'm like, what does going to work have to do with living in the moment? I didn't say stay stay home and suffer. It just means keep doing what you're doing. If you're in the here and the now, why are we going to think about what happened yesterday? Can't change it. Why are we thinking what our neighbor thinks? Do they pay our bills? No. Do they, does it matter what they think to make us happy? It shouldn't. I um, I love when I'm dancing, whether it's Zumba, Jazzercise, or learning Lizzo's TikTok. That to me puts me, my endorphins are going and I'm so happy. But why do I self-sabotage? Why do I, that's part of not um, loving myself and that's something I'm still working on. I do not take, like I just, I have changed so much that things that would normally have bothered me, like a prescription not being ready. It is what it is. I have learned if it's out of my control, there's nothing we can do about it. Focus on what we can control and work on those little things. Like I can control my behavior and my reaction. And the most important thing is if I feel um, like I couldn't speak up or I felt ignored, I don't automatically presume the worst like I used to and get into that disgust mode. I now say, okay, I didn't like the way this made me feel. I didn't like feeling ignored. I was in the conversation and somebody would say, oh, I didn't realize that, but thank you for telling me. So communicating, I'm telling you I'm all over the place, but I hope you guys can get at least one of my bazillion affirmations. Um, Oh my gosh, I just forgot what I was saying, but okay, I will keep going. It's, you know, my self-sabotaging is a part of my imposter syndrome, all stems from the unhealed, unhealed trauma, unhealed diagnosis of me. Nobody, nobody should walk around thinking they're crazy, lazy, or stupid. Nobody should walk around with obsessive thoughts. And it doesn't mean with, when I say OCD, it doesn't mean washing your hands. It could be thinking, me constantly thinking about, um, how am I, where am I going to um, promote my book? Where am I going to promote my book over and over and over again to a point that it starts to affect my living? Um, I am so, well, before I talk about how happy I am, Jackie from Real Housewives of New Jersey opened up about her eating disorder and the similarities I had with her. Um, it's just, it's remarkable how none of us, none of us are alone. And while I'm talking about this, if you know somebody that's suffering, if you're suffering just a little bit, a lot, reach out because I suffered alone. Do not do that. There are so many people, so many people willing to hear you talk. People would rather hear you talk than God forbid, poo, 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 knock on wood, read about you in an obituary. 1-800-273-TALK-7255 is a hotline. It just if you need that ear, or if you just find one person that you can trust, go to one person and just say, look, I'm not feeling myself. You know, I just wanted to talk to you. We need to make this conversation more so people don't just shame you and say, oh, just go outside. Oh, it could be better. 
um, no, you don't say that to somebody. When I was in, like I talked about on my last episode, the tornado state where I'm spinning and or in the eye of a hurricane where I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm acting like afterwards. And that's part of the um, disassociating I get. I have no memories. I don't, they're like, don't you remember? My daughter told me two years ago, Mother's Day, I was so enraged this rage I would go into which is a combination of every bad thing in my life something triggered me I probably felt left out unloved I was separated from my husband at the time and every moment probably of um being not um involved with came out of me And she said, don't you remember you were throwing things in my apartment? You were on the floor hysterical crying. The neighbors called the police. I wanted to say I wanted to die. I mean, my suicidal ideation, um, again, if you feel this, you are not normal. I do not feel this way anymore. Um, I pray I don't get to that. I just have to live in the moment because if it's out of my control, if somebody doesn't like me, I used to take it so seriously, like, Oh my God, cry me a friggin' river. So-and-so thinks I'm weird. Well, good. I'm glad to be weird. But why did what they think of me have any merit on my self-love? It doesn't. So knowing that you have boundaries, and this is part of your self-love, if everybody says, oh, well, you have to go to our neighborhood weekly dinner because that's what you do. No, but if you don't want to do that, some people don't want to people anymore some people are feeling depressed and you don't have to be a bitch about it all you can just say is i'm sorry i'm not up to it or i'm unable to make it you don't owe an exclamation you don't owe an explanation to anybody that's another trauma response i would have when i would have to cancel a doctor's appointment i would give them like my life story so i had to do this and then i couldn't make it here and and then one day i'm like marnie you just can't make it reschedule. But I didn't want even a doctor's office receptionist to be upset with me. Anything that would have to do with being judged or, or um, I don't know, um, just judged, I guess. And my social anxiety or the anxiety I have is so deep. You know, it, it used to be, and I'm grateful I found out at 47, I have everything rather than an entire life. I can't go back to the could have, would have, or should have, but my social anxiety from being judged my whole life in order to be loved by my family that now, I mean, I don't think this to myself, oh, I don't want to go here. I don't want them judging me, but it makes sense sometimes when I would get a, an unexpected visitor and, um, I didn't know who they were and then I'd have to talk. So now I am getting surprised. I'm trembling. I don't know who's at the door. I don't know who's banging or knocking. Um, and now that I don't like surprises because of the trauma and the triggers of the unknown. So I just like to know, like maybes and will sees do not work well with me. Like they do not work. I need to either know a yes or a no. But if plans change, that's okay. But I just have to know what's going on, where we're going. I also, um, I need a safe place. Another trauma trigger response. Aside from the fact that I used to have no place to live multiple times, um, I get in the disassociative 
state where I will just sit in a corner of my house and stare out the window. I wouldn't talk. I would just sit there for hours scrolling on my phone, writing, but I would not interact. I wouldn't talk. I wouldn't go dance. I wouldn't walk. Sounds like a grown-up Dr. Seuss. I am feeling, you know, when I would be helpless and alone, like I was in Jacksonville, oh my God, was it depressing. It it was probably, I mean, I've had many depressing years, but I'm going to say it was up there. It was the loneliest, saddest. I'm in this house that I thought my family would be in, my daughter, my son, even my husband, even though we weren't married, you know, his business was an hour away and it didn't work out that way. And the helplessness and that alone feeling, I was so triggered that it just left me powerless. I was left literally doing nothing for almost a year. So the few things that I did post, I was having a good day. I probably um, had some sort of momentum. Somebody wrote me that I um, helped them in some way. They read my book. So I would take that happy emotion and take it to a different level. So it goes both ways, whether it was the sad and the anger or the happy and elated. And then I would, you know, um, play day one day of dress up and oh let me take pictures and have fun and make a cute caption but that was maybe a handful of times where the other times I didn't move and somebody I remember made a post and I said oh I needed that today and they were like you and I'm like oh my god honey you have no clue so I you know part of my self-love my healing not getting my nails done, not pedicures, is living in the moment and understanding what I am feeling. I mean, it is a miracle that I'm with Jay, um, you know, 23 years, you know, I from the day we met and everything in our life story that we've never actually communicated before. To communicate and comprehend, that's where I was going before. People can listen. Sometimes people, you talk and they listen just to respond, but they don't hear you. So, when somebody comes to you, two things, ask them, are you venting or do you want advice? Because most people are fixers. You know, Jay said to me, I tried to fix you. I couldn't. Got frustrated. I mean, I I listened to Amber Heard. Amber Heard. I think it is disgusting, the defecation part. I mean, bathroom stuff, ooh, gross. But when they talked about her throwing things, I was like, I did that. I got so triggered. I don't know what it was because I wasn't aware and in in, in the moment and in charge of my emotions. But I have learned it is such a good feeling when you no longer people please. I people pleased my whole life because I like me. Please like me. Please. I wasn't loved by my own mother and father. My brother, I have no idea where he is. I mean, I had my cousin Evan, who I was best friends with growing up, and he didn't talk to me for years because he was just programmed. We don't talk to Marnie. And he read my book and he's like, oh my God, first of all, I didn't know you went through that. And it's like, I want to hate you, jokingly, of course, but I can't. Let me tell you, the good stuff nobody talks about that came out of my trauma, the compassion, the love, the empathy, the kindness. And aside from the unfortunate um, disorders I passed on to my daughter, I also taught her those wonderful qualities and it's so there's so much good that came out of the tragic life that I led because if I only focused on how tragic it was 
I, I can't get a do-over. I couldn't enjoy this moment. And, you know, book signings now and talking about my book and podcasts consistently. And I am so afraid, like everything's status quo. So to rock that boat, I didn't want to do more podcasts. What if I didn't get more listeners? But it's not about that. That's my ego thinking. My soul is thinking. I love talking. I love sharing. I love inspiring. I want everybody to know they are not alone. If you don't want to call the helpline, you can also text 741-741, text um, NAMI, N-A-M-I, and you can, it's all anonymous. And I will say this forever, ever, 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 ever. Um, It's okay not to be okay. And one day I hope I can dance along with Demi and see when I talk about doing TikToks, I'm gonna have to do one now too. It's okay not to be okay. Because I couldn't believe when I shared that three years, got three and a half years ago almost. I, do you know when I wrote my book, I didn't even want to say mental illness to offend anybody. So I used mental wellness. But screw that. We all have mental health. Like we have physical health. We get physical illness and we get mental illness. It's combined. If you continually hold in your stress, your anger, it's going to eat your kishkas up, eat your insides up. You don't want that. So communicate, comprehend what the person's saying to you. Over communicate is probably the best advice I could give anybody and to love yourself. And I'm telling you, y'all are still comparing and looking on Facebook and um, thinking they have that. It's fake. It's fake, fake, fake. I'm telling you. And staying in your lane really and not comparing you I saw some girl on Facebook that was doing a talk show and I was for that moment I was like oh man that's my dream but I stopped and I was like you know what I am so proud of her women power I don't know her journey we're all on different times the the gratitude I feel that I get a do-over I guess when I say there are no, do- no do-overs, I won't be in my 30s and my 40s back. But at 52, I can take every mistake I made and turn them into positives and learn, grow, and keep going. And I am going, and there were times, like I said, Taylor saved me. I don't know what would have happened, but be that ear, but ask them. Ask somebody, do you want to just vent or do you want advice? That could save you 99% of problems and um, a lot of miscommunication can be solved. So I hope everybody enjoys their Monday, living the moment Monday. I hope this was motivational for you guys. Never let anybody dull your sparkle. Never let anybody burst your bubble. Remember, it's okay not to be okay Love yourselves and sending so much love, so much peace, and so much happiness. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Peace Love Podcast. I hope you learned a little bit, hope you laughed a little bit, and please, if you can, subscribe and leave a review, possibly how amazing this episode was. Remember, stay true to who you are and never, ever let anybody dull your sparkle.